0: all of life show friends. I'm one of your hosts, Stuart White, along with my lovely wife,
1: Alicia White.
0: And uh, today we have a great show for you. We have as a special guest, uh, Pastor Josh Pasma. Josh is the pastor of Crossview Community Church in Kennewick, Washington. That's in the Tri-Cities area of Washington. And he has uh, been the pastor there for about 13 years And we met Josh uh, at a backyard birthday party at our pastor's house (laughs) for his wife and uh, just hit it off, got talking, found out we had a lot of stuff in common, including foster care, uh, a love for Jesus. And his wife uh, had a
1: photography business. His wife had a
0: photography business, all this stuff. So, (laughs) uh, welcome to the show, Josh.
1: Oh,
2: man, it's so good to be here. Love you guys. And we became fast friends. And I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, we're really glad to have you here. So one of the things that we kicked around, like, as we talked about, hey, let's do this podcast thing, and, you know, uh, what what kind of things should we talk about? And we had this thought of uh, talking about Peter, uh, specifically yeah. in his walking on the waves to Jesus. You know, if you, if you know the story— uh, or you don't know the story, Jesus is walking on the water and all his disciples are, they wake up uh, and they see him and they're like, Hey, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And he says, don't be afraid, you know, come, come to me or whatever. And Peter's like, I'll do it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to walk on the water. Everyone else stayed in the boat. And Peter was the guy to, to go. If Jesus says I can do it, I'm going to do it. And he gets out and he walks on the water to Jesus. And, We hear that story and we think, oh, that's pretty cool, except for the fact that then Peter almost drowned because he gets his eyes off of Jesus and he sees the wind and he sees the waves and it overwhelms and distracts him. And all of a sudden he's drowning. And I think it's important, though, because Jesus is the hero in that story. You know, he's the hero of every story, right? And we see Jesus come and he rescues Peter from that and brings him in and he doesn't chastise him he doesn't say oh you failure like literally he's the only one out of those other men in the boat who got out and actually walked on the water he is there anyone else in history who can say that they did that no and yeah. so we got talking and and you said uh hey you're going through first peter right now and uh, I was like, wow, what a cool time to like be thinking of this idea and talking about all the things going on in the world. Like Peter deals with a ton of stuff going on there, uh, specifically the fears and doubts and the anxiety that people are having and encouraging them in their faith. So uh, we just thought, hey, why don't we, why don't we record an episode that has to deal yeah. with these things? Cause it seems very, very pertinent. So first of off, uh, first off, let's, Let's talk about how has how has First Peter been going for you, and how do you mm. see the, it being very pertinent and the Lord using that in the lives of people right now in your church? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, Stuart, uh, first of all, I want to correct you because uh, Peter wasn't the only one that uh, walked on water. So did Jim Carrey in the movie Bruce Almighty. Oh, you are correct. Uh, so, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That gotta theological sure, masterpiece. Gotta,
2: we have to be uh, accurate. And yeah. so, uh, no, you're right. I appreciate the fact check
1: there.
0: Yeah. Fact check. <laughs> Wrong. Fake
2: news.
1: Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it, it, it's gone. It's gone so well. And, and in first Peter, like at, at the time of him writing this powerful epistle, it, it's short, but stout. And he is, he's writing to a, a church that's scattered and tattered and, um, dealing with persecution like like Nero's circus was happening at that time and this is not a circus where there's cotton candy this is where you know Christians were fed to the lions and and made to be human torches to, to light the streets and other things. Um, and so they, they really hoped for the kingdom like they, they longed for revelation to you know they, they longed for the return of Christ uh, and and yet like like today like I, I wonder, how many people um, are, are actually too comfortable and this pandemic and, and and things that are going on are maybe shaking us up and and um, it, it, we, we find ourselves kind of scattered and tattered ourselves some people still in quarantine some people you know rather than than worshiping in the sanctuary or, or on the on the sofa still and and I'm not saying one's better than the other I, I enjoy you know being t- together uh, but but you know we're, we're trying to do our best and and, and keep our eyes on on Christ and and that's what peter's trying to do he's trying to pastor people and he wants to remind them who who they are and whose they are uh, and and giving them um, just identity in Christ reminding them uh, who they are uh, in him and that they've received mercy recipients of mercy and I, I got to tell you something that's just just amazing is just knowing the difference between grace and mercy like grace is getting what we we don't deserve, which is his the, the divine influence on our heart, his favor in our life. And then mercy is not getting what we um, do deserve, which is his wrath. And so like it's like Peter really is trying to uh, solidify and strengthen the church and even show them that we're living stones that are grafted and, and put into the, the cornerstone, which is Christ. And he's doing it with by giving us good um, theology of, of who we are in Christ.
0: I love that. That's something on our show we talk a lot about. Uh, as we were discussing even before the episode here, our, our show, the theme is that the gospel applies to every area of life more than and not only exclusively to your initial conversion, but to your marriage, to your children, to your parenting, to your everything that you can think of. The gospel informs that and influences that and applies to that specifically. And behind all of that is that idea, as you said, of identity. Um, can you unpack that for us just like a little bit? Why why is that something that is so critical in the Christian life? And what would be like a consequence of when we fail to remember that?
2: Yeah, like our identity and and like we get our identity of like family. We're a blood bought people that are um, a part of God's family because of our identity being in Christ and, and uh, our heavenly father adopting us. And so uh, many of us, we have like a broken uh, like maybe a father wound, a broken family. And that gets in the way of when we don't believe that and our, and our identity is not in that uh, we, we uh, let that father wound or that family situation, um, impact our view of our heavenly father adopting us. And then we're servants because of the Holy Spirit or the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, what he did at the cross makes us want to be servants. So we're, we, we have that. And then we're missionaries. We have a new identity and just being We are missionaries not to earn God's approval, but out of the Holy Spirit pursuing and wooing us and being missional.
0: What uh, what would you say, though, is that consequence of and like, is it is it normal in a Christian life that we go through our lives constantly yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, I, I am a child of God. I have a new identity or, mm, or do mm. do we tend to struggle with that? And um, what are the consequences yeah. that we often see in, in Christian lives when we forget who we are?
2: When we look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see wrinkles and pimples? And do you, when you look in the mirror, do you just see like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a father that's messing up. You know, I'm a, I'm a husband that, that struggles. Um, I'm, I'm a hypocrite at times. Or when you look in the mirror, do you see that in in a sense, Christ alive and, and, and his loving eyes looking through, you know, back at you, uh, that we're image bearers and, and Christ is, is in us, you know, um, the hope of glory. And so when we when we don't focus on our identity in him what what can happen is we we just see the wrinkles the pimples the sin the struggle when we look in the in the mirror rather than what Christ has done in and through us and the enemy wants to just say oh you're you know you've done this and you you've failed and you're a hypocrite when when the holy spirit will con- convict us but move us to change and and transformation uh where when we look in the mirror it's like yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not who I, I, I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, I'm not where I I could be, but man, I'm not where I used to be and and I'm working progress and God is growing me.
1: What do you think is something that people are struggling with the most right now?
2: Uh, Yeah. What, what, what can happen is people will feel isolated, feel alone. And they're like, man, they'll look in the mirror and just go, I'm a loser. I'm lonely. Um, I'm, I'm not able to do this or, or do do that. and they' they'll get stuck and what they'll gravitate towards uh, a lot of times is pursuing stuff and things rather than Christ. And uh, one of the things'm I'm, I'm pretty stoked about right now is that like in first Peter, he, he talks about leaving behind worldly cravings and worldly desires. and what I love is, with when we find Christ, He gives us a stronger craving. <clears throat> and heard one pastor call it Christian hedonism, where we begin to seek pleasure uh, in Christ, because in Psalms it says at the right hand of God are pleasures forevermore. And so, but but what can happen, Alicia, is when when people are not focusing on their identity in Christ and that 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 He loves them and that He's enough, that He's the bread of life they will go, man, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm missing out. Uh, I need to, I need to fill this gap. I need, I need to, you know, fill, fill this hole. And, and so they'll, they'll start grabbing stuff. Uh, They'll, they'll stay, they'll, they'll binge watch shows. They'll, they'll get stuck um, just, just staring at a, at a screen rather than, than
0: pursuing Christ. In thinking about the way that Peter writes first Peter and then like it hit me tonight as we were discussing things. You see, he he has an a perspective of what it's like to be out there on the waves, on the water, freaking out, having all these overwhelming things happen and that what it what it means to truly be at that point where, all you have is Jesus. Like, he cries out to Christ and says, you know, like, save me, Lord. I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to perish here. And Jesus just puts his hand down, reaches down, and pulls him up. Um, I I feel like that moment in Peter's life, uh, among others, but is so influential to the way he sees himself. Like, I don't think it was just <clears throat> by happenstance that he was the one that got out. I think, I think perhaps even... God orchestrated that whole moment for him to ready him and prepare him for the ministry that He had for him, and you mm. you see like all you see it all throughout. You see Peter is called while he's in his boat. You know he's called fishing. He's failing at that. He he uh, has this moment where he gets out of the boat and then he ends up denying Christ to a, a young girl. And then where is he found later on? But he's back fishing. And the same thing when Jesus called him when he was fishing in the beginning, he calls him, uh, calls out to him. But this time, Peter doesn't even walk on the water; he just jumps out of the boat and swims. And he's like, "All I, all I know is Jesus is on the shore. I want to be there where he is." And I think though that it influences, like you, you look at First Peter, the way that he is uh, writing to these people is like as someone who knows what it's like to fail big time, and yet he's mm. like, "Hey." Don't worry about that. Don't be overwhelmed by your failure cuz you we we all fail. Look at me, but Christ is bigger than our failures. He is everything. He overcomes all of the world. He he has given us life and and freedom and and mm-hmm. deliverance from these things. So, you know, in Peter, you've got people worried that the rapture's already happened. You've got people worried that Rome, you know, is going to take over like it, it is very pertinent to the time that we are living in uh and mm. and so it's like i i i'm i'm thinking of that and thinking even for myself like what can i take away from this and part of it is that like don't be overwhelmed by the wind and the waves keep keep my eyes on jesus and yet when i fail not if i fail uh jesus is there to pull me up and he's doing the work he's the one empowering the work and empowering <clears throat> us and in, in all of those things so it just sort of hit me as as I was thinking about the way that Peter views not just ministry but life in general is with a Christ-centered focus, like Christ-empowered, Christ-delivered, uh, redemptive kind of focus. And he's redirecting everybody toward, hey, get your eyes on Jesus. You know, don't, don't worry yeah. about all the things going on around you. Yeah, everything's on fire. I get that. Uh, but God is bigger. He's better. He's good, and and you can trust mm. him in that. How would you love it. encourage believers who right now are struggling to <clears throat> to do that very thing? What what kind of direction yeah. or counsel even would you give to people who they're just saying, you know what? I don't. I'm not even sure if any of this stuff is true. How could a good God allow this? How could this be true? Why do I struggle with? anxiety and all of this? Why do I struggle? Like, Because those things are very yeah. real, and I think that often it's it's passed over as, well, you know, if you just had more faith. And even in yeah. Peter's <laughs> situation, it's like, well, he had a lot of faith, and yet he mm-hmm. failed. What 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 is yeah. what is the real heart of that?
2: Something that, that I was encouraged about, uh, just thinking about Peter on the water and the waves and him fixing his eyes on Christ, and he was able to walk, but then his eyes... Uh, went went away to the waves I, I thought about um Peter James and John uh, on the mountaintop with the Transfiguration and his eyes got to see uh you know the the Clark Kent superman you know where where mild-mannered uh you know um Jesus of Nazareth the carpenter mild-mannered you know carpenter Jesus goes into you know Superman son of God Jesus uh where where the, you know they uh, all three of them get to see him, and their eyes are fixed on him. But then, what does Peter do, guys? He's like, "Well, hey, I, I could build you something. Get some, get some tents going here. We could, we could do something." So it immediately goes to his, his eyes avert to something else. And and I thought about something. Uh, be, and I didn't come up with this. Tim Chester did in his book. Uh, you can change um, because God is glorious. We don't have to fear. Uh, and that, that's a huge takeaway. We don't have to fear others, um, but I, I like just saying we don't have to fear. Uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but but also because God is glorious. So when we fix our eyes on His glory, we don't have to fear the the things that just are not as powerful, not as not as strong as as God. So I love how Peter focuses. You know, in in First Peter, just focuses on the glory of God and, and his marvelous light. Like we're in first Peter chapter two, we talked about like, we have seen his marvelous light. Uh, if we're still in the darkness, we are going to trip around. We're going to, we're going to fall. We're going to let anxiety plague us.
1: Can you, um, I know I'm putting you on the spot cause we did not send you this question in advance, no, but I would love to know, um, as Stu was talking about, like, Peter, um, like he was still in the boat when Jesus called him out, you know, and he, he walked out and he had his eyes on Jesus and he looked away and he began to sink and Jesus went after him. Could you, if you're willing, could you tell us, um, if about a time where you personally feel like the Lord has called you out of the boat and what that looked like for you?
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think planting Crossview definitely was a was a step, um, but also like even at, at year seven, uh, d- deciding to take a sabbatical for two months that was really hard for me. I I was we we had a new hire, uh, he was a new associate pastor, and uh, I was just like, man, I, I I'm scared to do this. Well, I I did, I stepped out um, and then came back to. Uh, <laughs> kind of a cluster and, and, and a mess. And so then it was, it, for a while it, it made me want to hang on to the wheel even stronger. Uh, and, and then started working with a counselor, um, Jim, Jim Cofield, just, just amazing, uh, with soul care and stuff. I've been working with him for four years, uh, because, when, you know, just stepping out, I, I, I felt a lot of pain. Like sometimes when you step out of the boat, it's it's not just you're sinking. It's like a, a rock takes you down thirty, you know, feels like thirty fathoms or whatever. You're just like, what do I do? I can't, I can't get back up. What do I do? <laughs> uh, and and so that that is, you know, I still still wrestle with uh, almost PTSD from that. You know, just where I'm just like, oh man, when there's strict drama or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm I'm just like, it, it's easy to focus on the waves, you know, which yeah. usually are people that. The the waves for me are, are people. I tend to be a people pleaser, or just a worrier. Like, what are people thinking? Oh no! Uh, instead of what what is God thinking?
0: Yeah, I think that that uh, it almost becomes allegorical. Like, what your wind your wind and waves are really whatever takes your eyes off of Jesus. You know, whatever makes you go, Whew. oh no, what he can't do anything now. Well, he's the only one. I can cry out, but. I don't expect much. I'm pretty much dead already, you know, and you're right. Like for some, it's going to be the people, what they think, what they're, what they're doing. And, um, you know, for others, like right now, people are going through quarantine issues, uh, political issues. We, the, the division of things and, and the fact that everybody is hurting, everybody is struggling and you, it's individual people only have the capacity to minister to individuals. So everybody has to make sure that what they're ministering to at the time is where God is, is leading them to minister. And um, yeah, you you were going to say something there.
2: Yeah. Stuart and Alicia, I, I I took some notes on anxiety. Uh, I I was in a call with, with Steve Cuss, just incredible um, pastor, author. And uh, one of the things that we talked about is anxiety is born out of lies, lies that we tend to believe. Uh, like i'm stupid god doesn't love me people will will eventually break up with me i can't lead well uh, i need people's approval and uh like acute anxiety is if like we don't get something uh now like like, like pretend you're in a car wreck and you're bleeding out and like acute anxiety is like i need <laughs> this 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 cut to to stop i need blood i need help immediately it's it's a real anxiety but but usually, um, one of the things that we talked about is chronic anxiety is carrying around a perceived need and and then not dealing with it. Um, and so, like, oh, those waves, you know, like like Peter's eyes saw a perceived need, like, oh, well, does Jesus, does he know that these waves over here are going on? And does he know that, like <laughs> – um, physics tell us that you know gravity is nine point eight meters. You know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sink here. Like what's going on? You know, and so it's hard to focus. Um, so, so when when we have those perceived fears uh, grabbing us, and and so yeah, that that's just something I I wanted to talk about. Um, anxiety. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I think Christians understanding like, hey, your anxieties may have plenty of rationale behind them like it, just because mm. you're anxious doesn't mean you're wrong or or that what is is you're sensing is misplaced um, I love that you pointed out too that part of what what is often happening is it's being kind of dismissed or pushed aside like it's anxiety about something but it, seem, it seems insignificant and small, and so it ends up kind of growing and festering into something that's like, oh, now it is acute, now it is really bad.
1: Yeah, when you said chronic anxiety, and it, it's basically walking around with unaddressed emotions or anxiety that, you know, like this feeling or these things that you're thinking about that are going unaddressed, and I would probably say that as Christians, that's one thing that we struggle with the most because there is a... um. There is a gap emotionally with what we are feeling and we say, it's okay because we have Jesus. And so, which is true, Mm. it is okay because we have Jesus, but then there's a disconnect in the way that Christ feels about us in that pain and in that anxiety. So we aren't addressing things that should be addressed, not because, not just because we have Jesus, but yes, because we have Jesus, he cares about those things that we're anxious about. He he knows what it's like to feel anxiety. He, he sweat and cried yeah. in the garden asking yep. the Lord for, for him to take the cup from him, but If it be your will, you know, Lord. And he, so he was still willing to follow the will of the Lord, but he still asked specifically because he was stressed out and he was anxious for what was to come. So he knows that feeling within us. He cares about those unaddressed things. And he not only just wants us to say like, it's okay because we have you, Lord. He wants us to say, it's okay because you are in it with me, Lord. And you know what this feels like, Lord, you know?
0: Yeah, I think, too, there's yeah. that recognizing that in some ways there's going to be the practical, like in Peter's case, he's sinking and very anxious, and Jesus puts his hand down and pulls him back up. Mm-hmm. That is it. That is the literal physical answer to what Peter cried out, like, save me, Lord. And so that was the manifestation, if you will, of what that would require, uh, something pulling you back up. And in other ways, it's... Um, you know what God has provided for you. Maybe it's it's counseling. Maybe it's just relationships uh, or uh, good friendships. Uh, maybe it is proper like medical attention, med- uh, uh, medication, things that some some may say. Oh well, we dismiss that. That's that's never the the answer. I I don't think that's the case. Like sometimes that is the thing. Uh, the term we've heard is. It sometimes it's like, like you use the description, uh, you're <clears throat> sinking, there's a rock pulling you to the bottom, having that thing that can snip the rock so that you can at least get to the surface and get air and then yeah. deal with yeah. whatever led to that rock getting there in the first place. But, uh, it, it's a bit that trauma situation like, okay, this person, uh, is losing a lot of blood, but they have a broken arm. Let's deal with the loss of blood first and then we'll fix the broken arm because that's the most Uh, pressing matter at the moment.
1: But as Christians, I think what we tend to do is we put ourselves in Peter's position and then we say dang it, I got my eyes off Jesus. I have to figure out how to get my eyes back on Jesus so that I can get above the water, which just puts it all in our court, and it has nothing to do with Jesus. Ooh. And like Sue said at the beginning of this podcast episode, Jesus is the hero of the story. We're not. It's not about us getting our eyes back on Jesus so that we can get above the water. If we try to take that approach, we will never get above <coughs> the water. But that's the whole point purpose. And I believe like the, the, the um, illustration, not even illustration, the real life story in the Bible where Jesus went down, he came to Peter. He asked him to step out. Yes. And Peter did step out. Yes. So that is a perfect example of how we can respond to Jesus. But then when we fail because we will, Jesus came after us. And that's exactly what he did for us on the cross too.
2: Mm. A, a verse I really like is, uh, be still. And know that I'm God, mm-hmm. uh, and because I go go go, I mean I got energy all day. <laughs> the, the anxiety actually comes at nighttime uh, for me. I literally think I'm gonna die in my sleep. Another, you know, it's it's a weird it's mm-hmm. weird what happens at night. But during the day, I'm Mister Positive. I'm the optimist. I'm go 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 energy. So that verse, be still, and know that I'm God. If you kind of reverse engineer that, you're like I I for in order for me to be still. I need to actually know that he's he's God, and that knowing actually helps me. It brings a calming. That knowing helps bring a calming. Uh, and and you talked about that, Alicia. Like like Jesus has to be the hero. <laughs> we have to come back to that. And and I loved uh, Stuart. How you talked about? Uh, like like I was on methylfolate for a while uh, to to help with with some of my anxiety. I do some cold therapy. Um, that, you know, my brother's a doctor. He helped me with, with just some cool breathing techniques and, and cold therapy, uh, probably not time in the show to talk about that, but that actually helps. Um, and then, uh, but, but again, oh, and I, and I like music. Um, I occasionally, the, the worship team lets me lead worship like twice a year. (laughs) I I listen to, um, and, and I know you guys are great worship leaders, uh, the, the band Ghost Ship, ghost love oh, them, yeah. Mm-hmm. and, and the, the song chaos chaos mm-hmm. is really good for my anxiety and then also oh sinner uh those two songs uh, i jam out to um love love just like some music and sometimes some of these other things they, they help kind of snip the the cord but but it's more than just like getting to the surface like you said and uh knowing who who god is 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 gigantic and and practicing his presence, like just realizing he's with you, you're not alone.
0: Yeah, well, it's like Alicia was saying, I think it was uh, when we, before we started this episode, but there's that sermon illustration that's often used of the guys like hanging there off the edge of a cliff, and, and he's like praying, God save me, God save me. And then a guy in a boat comes along and the guy's like, hey, you need help? He's like, no, 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 God's gonna save me. And he's like, okay. So he leaves and something like that (laughs) happens multiple times. And then eventually the guy falls and dies. And in the illustration, anyway. And he goes to heaven. He's like, God, why didn't you save me? And he's like, Well, I sent a guy in a boat and I sent a helicopter and I sent. And it's like recognizing that God often works through through the natural means to perform the supernatural things. Not that there's never that miraculous, you know, moment of Mm. there, it's Mm. an immediate Mm -hmm. spontaneous healing or, or anything uh, like that. But often I think he, he works through his body. He works through his people and he works through his world, the things that he has made and also the wisdom and knowledge and discernment that, that people have doctors. Uh, and that doesn't mean they're always right. It doesn't mean that they're all doing the best thing for you every time, but there's, there's wisdom and discernment in that too. So, you know, I think there's,
2: Oh I, man, i got something to share. Um, yeah, what happened is my, my sister-in-law, um, has one of the worst cases of, of ep- epilepsy. It's, 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 really tragic. And years ago, Uh, this pastor of hers said, you know what, you just need to have enough faith and you just need to stop, just stop taking, stop taking your medication. And it almost killed her. She had, you know, a few grand mal seizures. And, and, and so, yeah, I, (laughs) um, we, we gotta be careful and and give sound advice. Um, yeah.
1: It's such an abuse of, um, of, our and and misunderstanding of scripture and of who the lord is and how he loves us to go to people in um that are hurting and in pain and say um just have enough faith
0: yeah i think there's even like you could turn it around and say to that pastor or whatever to say okay well same goes for you if you have enough faith and pray to heal me like like why is it that you throw it back on me is it because you yourself don't have enough faith to to make it happen and we believe in healing we believe that god does that stuff we've had conversations with some friends recently that had several accounts of uh they they had grown up in a more charismatic movement and seen sure. things that it's like okay i can't explain that that doesn't it wasn't just like this wasn't on tbn this wasn't some crazy heal-a-thon thing that was just getting money it they prayed for this person, and this thing happened. It it was undeniable. Oh yeah, instant.
2: for sure. I and I and I totally believe in healing, but but it's like going up to a diabetic and saying, you know what? Let's just uh, have you stop taking insulin, which is totally from God. Like God, um, like you, you got to understand. You know, people need to understand that, like insulin and and other other drugs. Like people, are like oh well, no, no, man made that. And it's like, well, where did where did man get the ingredients? Where did they get the wisdom to put those ingredients together for it to be a drug? Like I was visiting a gentleman in hospice, uh, and this is kind of twofold. I'm going to hit two birds with one stone. One showed that, like, like he was on morphine, and 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 yet b- before that, like he God also just brought peace and, and the peace he needed in the midst of that storm. Uh, It's a both end, like, yes, there's, there's family, there's, you know, like morphine and other drugs that, you know, pharmaceutical stuff that can, that can be helpful. But then that piece that surpasses all understanding that comes, it's, 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 you know, multifaceted. It's not just, well, you know what, you know, stop taking medication, stop any cold therapy, stop any, you know, uh, stop any counseling. All you need is just, just read your Bible and and you'll be good. It's like, well, no, God's created, there's a multifaceted approach. And yes, the gospel is central and key in the, in the bedrock of, of all of it, but we don't, it doesn't mean we, we flush all, everything else down the toilet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Yeah. It, it would be, <clears throat> it would be irresponsible to not consider like, okay, but are there things that we're missing? Like, like. You know, yeah. I don't know what the example would be, but something like this person is uh, bleeding to death again, <laughs> and you're yeah. you keep going. Well, let's just pray that and and yes, pray. But uh, <laughs> maybe it's as simple as put pressure on the wound. Like we, no one would look at you and say, "No, no, that you don't have any faith." It's like, no, I I have faith that if you don't put pressure on the wound, <laughs> the, yeah. the bleeding won't stop. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and, and that's what God has given us, wisdom and discernment. Like, it's it's his truth. Amen. And I, I've heard this saying, and I, I think I agree with it. I don't know that I would say it's always right, but it's the all truth is God's truth. Uh, I think that that mm. could be maybe misused or abused. But overall, sure. I, I agree with that concept that, you know, the, if it is true and it is good and it is right and it is pure, like all of that, that is, then it is from mm. the Lord, the wisdom from above kind of, kind of thing. Amen. Um, Amen. You know, good stuff. I really appreciate that. Uh, you've taken time out of your evening with your family and just been willing to come on the show to discuss these things uh, in uh, a world that is dealing with fear and anxiety and doubt uh, and to just be real and honest about it and, and to share a bit of uh, how you've seen the Word of God in First Peter uh, begin to open that door and explain that, hey, it's not just a matter of, well, just shut up and take it or just, you know, have enough faith or whatever, like, but recognizing <laughs> yeah. it's all a work of Christ in the life, the life of the believer. And whether... Mm. Uh, he comes along and says, okay, here's the solution or here's here's a thing to get you to where you need to be, uh, There, you can have faith and you can rest in that. And there doesn't need to be uh, all that fear and anxiety. We, we were discussing with a, a counselor friend just today, in fact, that counseling has gone through the roof for anybody who's in that field right now because of all of the quarantine stuff and, and the virus stuff and election stuff. and everybody is dealing with immense levels of that. People, even just trying to homeschool their kids who, who can't take their kids back to school and have never done it before, and they're trying to work full-time jobs, you know., um, uh. we, we, we believe that God is uh, at work and yet we, we need more believers to be able to love and minister to people, more counselors, more uh, biblical counselors, uh, and and just help. People need help out there. So we appreciate you coming on and, and yeah, just d- sharing your heart. In thank that. you
1: oh, so much. I, oh yeah, go for it.
2: Yeah, I, I had one last thing. We, this was at the over the campfire that I I shared this with Stuart, and uh, I, I when we were uh, doing foster care with our last one, uh, he was a a drug affected baby. And, um, I remember just really his, his crying at night was causing a lot of anxiety for me and was really struggling. And, and even I was like, man, I can't calm him. Like I can't soothe him. And I just remember this voice saying, say that, say daddy's here. And I'm like, no, I'm not his daddy. I'm not going to. And so this mental, arguments going on in my head. Do you remember me telling you this? Yeah, yeah. I, it, I do. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say daddy's here. And plus he's so angry and I'm angry at him for being angry and screaming. And, and it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm, you know, I want, you know, uh, you know, hold me. It was like, I hate, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and finally, uh, I, I listened to the Lord and I said, daddy's here. And as soon as I said, daddy's here, the, you know, he, he stopped crying. The baby stopped crying. And it was like, I got this vision of this visual of God holding me in his arms. Like I'm the baby. And, and it, he was saying, no, daddy's here for you, Josh. Mm. Like I'm your daddy. like I'm your father holding you. And that, that, that really helped me in that parenting moment when I was letting the parenting struggle cause me anxiety and even an- my anxiety turned into anger. Mm. Um, that you know, it comes back to being still and knowing that He's God, knowing He's there. And as we parent, uh, you know, Paul and David Tripp said this: as we parent our kids, we we realize God is parenting us.
1: You mm.
0: know, <laughs> so true. Oh. So.
1: Well, thank you, Josh, so much for your time. Um, for our listeners, you guys know we love you so much. Um, our next episode is going to be a book review about the the book "Try Softer," and we're going to be digging in a little deeper to the topic of anxiety and depression because it's not just something that we can can be covered with one episode. So stay tuned for that. And Josh. Again, thank you for your time. Um, We love you guys already, even though we've only met once and then once digitally. (laughs) But you guys, um, you guys are awesome. We appreciate the work that you're doing.
0: All right, you guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the All of Life Show. You can reach out to us at our email address, info at alloflifeshow.com.
1: You can also reach us on Instagram at at show.
0: And you can also find us on Twitter under the same and Facebook as well.
1: As always, guys, we really appreciate your reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you can take just a moment and head on over there and review us, that would be amazing.
0: Thank you guys for listening. Until next time.